Hello, welcome to another episode of Midmitten Gaming, a podcast all about, well, gaming, tabletop gaming. Um, I'm here with uh, my buddy and co-host, Jeff. Yep, hi. And uh, yeah, we're excited to bring you a another episode uh, on uh, Free Blades and uh, a free, free, free band highlight or faction highlight. I guess you'd call it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, faction highlight. Yep. Definitely. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, but definitely. before that, uh, let's talk about some hobby progress. Yeah. I guess me first. Is that it? Yeah, go for it. Uh, I've gotten it quite a bit done. So I got those Africa Core guys. Uh, they're in a box still. I've, I've stared at them intensely, but they haven't built themselves yet. Uh, and then... Uh, what I've been working on is finishing up the Grular starter set. I've got the single model done for um, Jerry, who's taking that home. And then uh, I have a couple of gifts I'm working on. And then I am working on a uh, DGS Games does painting competition for armies uh, for Adepticon. They might hold off uh, to do an in-person judging this year. I'm not sure. But I have begun work on that and I decided to go with Trezorites. And so right now they've been put together, they've been based just the dinosaurs. And uh, we'll talk about Trezorites later, but just the dinosaurs, but I've got them put together. They're Zenithal highlighted and uh, ready to get some actual color on there. I'm actually going to take some uh, photos of them first to figure out where the light hits. And then I'm going to give them a uh, matte varnish, uh, just so the to protect the ink that's on there right now. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I've been that's doing. Fun. Yeah, we'll have to touch on Zenithal highlighting sometime. We might might do a paint series too sometime, just for fun, uh, like hobby painting and stuff. There's a whole lot of topics for that for sure. If that's something people would be interested in, leave a comment because we'd love yeah, to let do us it. Know. Um, but um, as far as my hobby progress, I've been working on the painting competition for um, uh, Wild West Exodus by our buddy Ian. Uh, he's uh, running the competition off of the uh, Michigan, Ohio Wild West Exodus Dystopian Wars, it's a long name, page. And uh, he's also running it off of his podcast uh, that we've mentioned here before, Michigan Marshals. Give it a listen if you're interested in the game. But yeah, I'm painting some robot sheriff stuff right now, some lawbots. And uh, they're nice. kind of interesting. They're fun. I'm looking forward to getting the whole posse box painted. Um, I'm hoping that gives me a leg up and against the competition. And I'm trying to do them good, but I also is slacked, and I need to get them done too before January 4th. So oh. <laughs> we'll see how. Yeah, we'll see how good they are before then. Perfect. But other than that, um, I have not gotten a lot uh, done. I did. Uh, practicing some osl but that's just about it yeah yeah i got my posse over here they're still like they're halfway done being painted i played with inks to get my uh my posse painted up i've got some inks and i don't really care how they come out so i played with inks on them and had a lot of fun learned some things so well cool uh we also wanted to so that's hobby progress. We also wanted to give you an update on our, we mentioned it, uh, Curse of the Crimson Throne. So, uh, Juice, what's our, what's our update? What's going on there? I know I'm the GM, but. 
But you're gonna be doing enough talking right now. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, we are gonna be releasing our first episodes for this coming January, and uh, possibly before that, we're going to be um, maybe releasing some of the character background individual stories. Yeah, you um, guys Jeff. can probably start listening to those. Uh, I might, I might do a uh, Christmas or just post Christmas release of those, or maybe even before. Maybe it'll be an early Christmas gift to you guys to start listening to some of the character backgrounds. Yeah, but we're excited, and we invite you to listen to them. Um, they're pretty short compared to our normal episodes. Uh, Jeff takes each one of the characters one-on-one and um, works out a little bit of their background, and it gives you a chance to know the characters, get to know us as role players individually, and also to um, just uh, have a little bit more like understanding of why a character might be making the decisions they're making. Like, hey, that sounds stupid. Why do you say that? might be completely related to his backstory. So um, give it a listen because uh, I think you're going to really enjoy it. Jeff's prepared a lot of awesome stuff for it, and um, it'll be a great intro before our first session in the next coming early January. So we're really excited about that. Yep, and we're gonna, we'll are gonna we make sure that those are really clearly labeled. You can look for the tag. I'll put this in the description of the episode as well, but uh, C-O-T-C-T. And then whatever it is. So COCT, um, you know, Edge of Anarchy, episode E1, you know. And that's going to be our the actual game. And then character background, uh, COTCT, character background, the character's name. So you should be able to find those really easy with the COTCT tag or, uh, you know, and uh, in, in the midst of our podcast there. So they should be clearly labeled. Well, cool. With that, um, I think we want to travel far over some mountains and into our hearts, the Kazarik. Yeah. If you're failing, map, what map, what mountains are we going to look at? I, map. I, I gotta go get it. Why don't you read the background and then and then I'll tell them what mountains we're going over. How's that? Yeah, you probably, go. All right. So knowing the Kazark, it's unpronounceable. But yeah. So uh, tonight we're going over the Kuzarik. Um, here's their background trait. The Kuzarik are stout humanoids native only to the huge mountain ranges that contain the free city of Kuzarl. They are practical people and superior crafters of things stone and metal. They are clannish and isolationist by nature, but trade with other people and serve as mercenaries in their armies, especially the Valkarans, with whom they have, um, Valkralans, sorry, I'm going to butcher a lot of names, but especially with whom they have a relationship. Uh, they have a deep love for jewels and precious metals and are often perceived as greedy by other races. They are prideful and serious about their uh, commitments to others. A Khazar can hold a grudge for a very long time. Um, so yeah, they are essentially the dwarves of Phalon. Um, they're shorter and stockier, averaging about four foot eight. Uh, they have excellent endurance and upper body strength, and they also have a ruddy skin color, almost a reddish hue, uh, with usually golden or brown hair. Um, most men are bearded, and they live to be anywhere between 150 to 200 years old. So um, they definitely so they're pretty old. Got, mm, they definitely aren't normal humanoids or humans I, I don't know how technically how long heraldans and stuff live but i don't think it's anywhere near that so all right we are heading far over the m- mountains uh 
far over the Bolsholiet Othe say Decan. You do, and you'll clean it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What'd you say to me, son? Anyway. Yeah, the Khazaric language is actually uh, secretive, and so Khazarls won't uh, speak their language, uh, their native language, around outsiders. Uh, and so they keep it quite uh, secretive, and that is one of the reasons why it's actually kind of hard to pronounce. Lots of consonants. Uh, I like Falish or Chalish a little bit better, a little easier to pronounce. So yeah. But yeah, it brings a lot of diversity uh, to the world. Adds more to the Phalon in general, that's for sure. But um, so yeah, we're going to talk about, uh, like usual, uh, things you might uh, with these faction highlights. We, we've been talking about why you might like to play them, um, and going through the starter box, uh, the models around the starter box, and then maybe some additionals that you might want to pick up uh, in the beginning. So uh, let's go ahead and start with the starter box. Then Jeff, you want me to go ahead and read that out? Yeah, yeah. What what models do we have in it? So uh, we've got one Forge Warden, one Cryomancer, one Field Agent, one Hinterguard, one Explorer, and one Quarreler. Cool. And the Forge Warden's the leader, right? Yes, and the Cryomancer, as you can assume, is their caster. Because uh, he has Mancer in the title. And that's yes, Cryo with a K. So uh, let's talk about the Forge Warden. He's the leader. Uh, what do his stats look like? He's the leader. <laughs> yes, he is the leader. Um, he's a speed five, which is the same. I'll just say it right now over almost all, if not all, the Kazarik. Um, Maybe one of them is speed six. A D12 Mar with a Warhammer D8 plus one, so he can hit pretty hard. Defense five, AV six. So this guy is brutal. Four life points. Seven. Oh my um, gosh, four, that's a lot. Yeah, it is. And then uh, he's got Die Hard 1, Fortress, Tough, March, uh, Devices D8, which is kind of fun, and then Strength D10 and Alpine. So he's got a ton of skills. Um, Fortress in particular is amazing. If you're stationary, you cannot be piled on, and you do not lose your shield bonus for uh, attacks in your rear. So he can take two or three guys on at once and not really care about the debuffs to your to your um the pylon debuffs to yeah. your defense. So for every model in contact above the first is minus one to your defense. And so he's mm -hmm. like whatevs. And so he's a five six all the time. It's great. And then uh he has a cool uh all of the Kazariks so they're all speed five, right? I, t I just did a quick look. They're all speed five, um, except for their bear cavalry, which uh, we're actually not going to talk about. <laughs> but uh, maybe we'll drop a little love to them. But yeah, uh, that guy's speed eight because uh, they're know, from Russia. <laughs> uh, but he's all of the Kazarks are speed five, but they're also they also all have die hard, which is a great ability. Anytime you're about to lose a wound, and you can do this X number of times, so like this guy has die hard once, so you can do it once per turn. When he's about to lose a wound, so I've hit him, I've done a life point to him, he's about to lose that life point, I can make an endurance check. Target number is going to be a 7, so I need a 7 or higher. If I pass, I don't lose the wound. 
Every flipping one of them. Has yep, it. every single every one of them. Stinking one. Now, uh, there's, yeah. So I, we're not gonna get into that, but every one of them has that. So they're very, very hardy. Now, a lot, not a lot of them have a higher like level of uh, endurance, and so they're mostly rolling d6s or d8s. This guy, because he's your leader, is rolling a d8 plus one, which is the equiv- statistical equivalent of a d10. So that's really good. They also mostly all have Alpine, so we're just getting these out right now. Alpine get, lets is Mountaineer and Frostfoot, so they don't have to. Uh, they don't treat mountainous or icy terrain as difficult. They treat it as easy. They like forget you, Misty Mountains. Yeah, they just walk on over it. So anyway, this guy's rolling in with a Mar D12. Uh, his Warhammer is a D8 plus one. I'd say it's pretty solid with four life points. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, uh, we got the cryomancer next. Yeah, I think too. I don't. I think we did this a little bit earlier last time. Uh, their faction ability is last stand in a free band land by the oh, Forge yeah. Warden. If a Kazark faction model is about to be run down, it takes a discipline test. If it passes, it rallies at the end of the panic move with one life point left and facing its pursuer. This ability. <laughs> combined with how sturdy they are is amazing yep uh if they fail their discipline test which can happen so uh, too often run away can. from a combat they've lost the combat they're fleeing yeah. now um so typically uh, their their um attacker can choose a basically a rundown um option and if it catches them then usually most models are insta dead however these guys get to make a check Discipline test, DC 4, I believe, right? Yeah, TN's, TN's always a 4. Yep. Sorry, yeah, DC terminal. That's fine. Pathfinder we just did a Pathfinder thing a minute ago. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so target number 4. So, especially in the Forge Warden's case, like he's got a D12 discipline, so he just needs a 4, and he can just turn right around, one life point, and face his pursuer next turn, hopefully get a couple licks in. Yeah, now they are left with one life point, and I think one of the key reasons for this last stand ability is because they're so slow that they would they're they would get caught almost every time. Like there's a seventy five percent chance that they're gonna get caught by most models. Fifty to seventy five percent chance that they'll get caught by most models. So I think it's a good faction rule that they kind of needed uh, to not just get insta gib no matter what. Uh, with these, if they fail a uh, discipline check. Mm-hmm. So. But they also have some pretty cool magic with the cryomancer, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> We're recording. It's, it's 11.30 at night, so it's a little late for us. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, <laughs> he is a D6 Mar with an ice axe. He's got an axe to grind. Yeah, Defense so 4, AB2. Two life points, so kind of typical mage. Um, he's got a car D10, just like normal mages. Uh, his special power or ability with this mage, though, is a spell stretcher. This allows him to spend an extra two power for each plus one added to the spell's AoE diameter or cone length. So uh, he has a lot of AoE kind of cone abilities, and you can essentially make it a bigger template by spending extra mana. Mm-hmm. Yep, and again, Die Hard and Alpine. So a couple of the right. uh, the two template weapons are Cone of Cold, so you place a cone down. This is going to do D8 damage. So every model underneath the cone, 
is going to take uh, make an agility test, TN5. If they pass, they're fine. If they fail, they're going to get an ice token and take D8 damage, which is pretty good. And then the other one is uh, Icy Blast. I've used this so much. It's a 2-inch AoE. It does D10 damage, and it's a missile spell. So you got to hit with it. Uh, he'll use his car to make that attack. The, if you hit, the model hit is just hit. But then it's a 2-inch AoE. Any other models in the AoE can make an agility test, TN5. And if they fail that, they get hit with the spell as well. And that's going to also give them an ice token. It hurts, especially against followers. You can knock out a couple real easily, especially if you use spell stretcher. Stretch that out to a 3-inch AoE, and you're looking at some... Uh, four inch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. See? <laughs> um, I think my favorite spell or favorite ability on this guy, though, it has to be ice tokens in general. Um, so freeze is one of his lower-level spells, and the target just simply yep. gains two ice tokens. Um, it's... It's really, it's really good. Um, I don't remember what ice tech tokens do they, off the top of my head. Your, have... They reduce your agility by one die level per ice token. They reduce your speed by one inch per ice token. And they reduce your dexterity by one die level per ice token. So essentially in the game that translates to as they stack, because they do stack, uh, you lose speed and you also lose dodge and you also lose some ability to hit things, right? Yeah, you can't hit as well. You can't. Your AC is or your defense is lowered, and then you're um, also a lot slower. So yeah, so they can be rough. I mean, those are honestly one of the main things that are like they get me uh, playing against Kazark. I, I have never owned the faction myself. Jeff has, but everyone I've played that's used it, those ice tokens they add up fast. Yeah, they do. And I'll just throw out like the ice tokens are really good. Uh, I enjoy those a lot. Um. Yeah, they they're great. Uh, they are very easy to get rid of, though. It's a all you have to do is take a special action, and you lose all of your ice tokens. Now, if you're engaged with somebody, then that might provoke a free attack from that somebody you're engaged with. So there could be a cost to that. Um, Which is a lot. But when you throw down those AOEs, you're putting ice tokens on lots of people, and it's pretty good. Uh, I'll talk about one other spell, and there's a reason for this. So. In, in Free Blades, a lot of the mages, especially energy mages, there's two types of magic, energy and spirit. Bandits were spirit, Grular is spirit, and then these guys are our first energy that we've talked about, I think. And so, um, the... Actually, scratch it, I don't know if Grular is spirit or energy, I can't remember. But uh, yeah, it's definitely spirit, shadow magic. Oh, okay, good deal. Um they have ice barriers, so a lot of the energy uh, mages can put up a wall. And this wall happens to be one of the best walls, if not the best wall. Because what this wall does is uh, it's a three inches long, one inch high, two inches tall. Sure, it's a wall. And it blocks uh, line of sight. And it's solid, impassable terrain. So you can't go over it. A lot of the other walls you can move through, and there's a penalty. So like the firewall, you can move through it, but you're going to take some. Da you might you're going to take like a D4 damage or something. Thorn wall <clears throat> for the uh, newer model coming out, the new uh, Cariad, I think is what it's called. 
Uh, she has Thornwall. Anyway, you can move through that, but again, you're gonna you might take some damage for that. And then this guy's wall, though, when you put it up, you can't move through it. <laughs> you're stuck behind it, so you can trap people in an alley if you want to with this wall. Brilliant. So I re I really like that wall. It is a three power for a one to three inch long wall, and uh, yeah. so it's not very big. But man, it just stops you can boost that it. In tracks. So what's uh, yeah, what, so what's any, next? Anyway, Wonderwall. Uh, uh, <laughs> next <laughs> on the list, we got the uh, Hintergarden. <laughs> My gosh, yeah. uh, the two thousands are calling and want their song back. Anyway, a joke jokes mean yeah then we have the hinter guard next uh so yeah the hinter guard is d10 war mar warhammer d10 with a sweep attack which is pretty sweet you we'll talk about kind that. of do a chain attack uh he's got most same things except for his endurance is a little higher he uh it also has hardened which makes him harder to crit uh damage. crit yeah, crit damage against him as a threshold 15. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Save this guy's life multiple times. Mm -hmm. so Otherwise, he, I mean, he he's pretty straightforward. I mean, he's just like a melee tank, yep. like a beast. That's what he is. You go in, he hobbles on up on his little stubby feet, and he just sits there and gets surrounded by like two people because that's usually how much it takes to kill him. And then you're like, I'm going to sweep attack. And then you sweep attack, and then they're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, pretty much. So he's defense four, AV six, three life points. Um, and yeah, sweep attack is like you can attack all the models in your front arc. Now, if somebody has protector, you can't do that. You have to attack the protector and only the protector. So you, that prevents sweep attack. Protector does. But otherwise, you can attack everybody in your front arc. Um, your first guy that you attack is a D10 to hit, D10 damage. Second guy, D8 to attack, D8 damage. Third guy, D6, D6. Fourth guy, D4, D4. So it goes down. Um, but uh, in a campaign, especially if you like get your Mar going up, that starts to be pretty good. I uh, once cleared out two and a half trillions that were in front of me. Their leader and a follower uh, got murderated. And then the third one took a wound uh, using sweep attack. And thus, Crawl the Bloody was born oh op please nerf <laughs> oh my gosh stop that was honestly it's just good rolls so yeah hinterguard i run two of them in my kazark free band i really one the model is fantastic it's a gorgeous model goes together really well the hammer looks imposing love the model uh so that's why I run that. honestly that's half the reason why i run two of them but then it's a really solid model to begin to to go on with. It's it's just a really solid model. So I run two of them. I really like them. Cool. Who so, is next? yeah? Next up is the field uh, field agent. If you uh, want to talk our, on that one? Yeah, this is our fourth and final hero in the in the set, right? Yes, I'm. Oh, cool. Well, she's speed five. Go figure. Um. Her Mar is a D10 plus one, so she's a little better at hitting. Has that higher dex. Uh, Ice Axe, D6. Look at that damage, D6. Um, pretty low damage, but she has a great way to flip that around. She's defense five, AV3, two life points, so she's lighter armored. So in general with the Kazarik, there's kind of two paths. you got the heavy armored tanky type dwarves or Kazarik, 
and then you have the light armored but really highly skilled like crazy abilities kind of uh, super elite kill team kind of Kazark as well. She falls into that category. Uh, disc D10. Wow, she's only 28 gold. She's super cheap. Um, so she's got Die Hard 1, Ambush, Elusive 1, Opportune Strike, Dex D10, Dodge 2, Agility D10, and Expert Dodge. That's a lot of stuff in there. So, like, Ambush allows you to, at the beginning of any of your movement phases, so not, like, the movement phase. So if you're going second, when you start to activate your models, you can place her anywhere on the field that you want, as long as she has concealment against everybody. And... Um, she gets placed there, and then you can use her as normal. So she can charge or whatever, which is, she's just fantastic. Um, she also has elusive ones, so she can, like, leave that combat and re-enter. Uh, not re-enter a different combat, but she can, like, leave combat and not provoke attacks of opportunity. And the last one, I'm going to, uh, opportune strike here does, uh, if she's engaged with, if the model she's engaged with, is engaged by another model, right? So there's two of them. Her crit threshold is a five. So she only needs five or higher on the hit to crit. So not only is the model's defense lower because they're piled on, right? She has a plus one to hit. And so she's rolling a d10 plus one and they're like defense four or three. So if she gets an eight on total, like she's critting them. It's fantastic. And so that's helps her with that d6 ice axe over there doing that and then expert dodge allows her to reroll tarches on her dodges so and she's got agility d10 for those dodges so for 28 gold she is very solid i like her a lot so yeah uh, so next the two followers in the starter box the quarler and the um uh, the Corlor and the Explorer. Uh, I'll talk about the Corlor a little bit first. The, the Corlor, it's actually probably my one of my favorite followers for Kazark. Um, just because the double shot ab or ability. Um, double shot says if he is stationary, you can make an additional ranged attack with this weapon against the same target. The additional ranged attack in, in, uh, is in all ways the same and may employ the same abilities as the first one on which it is based cannot be combined with some other talents, but um, it's been used against me a lot and uh, they have a decent range uh, range bands are eight, 16, 24 D six RAR uh, D six RARs, you know, it's not great, but you're getting two shots around with that. I mean, chances are, you know, you're going to hit, especially if you're aiming at followers. Um, and then in addition to that, the Corler has a little bit of survivability, unlike a lot of ranged units in the game. They have some, you know, maybe like dodge or something, but uh, he's got die hard. So, uh, you know, it's D6, but still you, you spike that, you still have a chance of surviving. Um, so uh, otherwise, he's pretty straightforward. He has dagger, and he does D4 damage, D4 mar, pretty he's, slow. He's but terrible. AV, <laughs> AV5, though, defense 4, I think that's pretty good for 
you know, mm-hmm. a follower. There's some heroes that don't have that, so... Yep. Yeah, and the crossbow is D6 plus 1 damage. So, like, it's actually pretty good. That's a statistically a D8 equivalent. Um, And if... Just a little theory crafting really quick. If uh, you put a bard with, like, a line of quarrelers... Now, they are limited, so you can bring one per 75 uh, gold of your free band. So at 250 gold, you can bring three quarrelers. Um, but you put those three quarrelers back there and maybe another model that we're going to talk about tonight uh, later on. But you put the three quarrelers back there with a bard and that bard plays Song of Battle and that ups their mar- their ranged attack rating or RAR by one die level. So D8, now they're rolling yeah. D8s. I don't know, man. Seems pretty I... good to me. I'm, it's kind of funny as we do these two some factions I didn't know much about. I learn a little bit as we go as well. I didn't know double shot was only against the same target. Yep. I uh, I had it quite a few times where my opponent is not shot against the same target, so it's good to know that. <laughs> yeah, you can't spread those uh, spread those bullets out, but they're great uh, great for taking out, especially lightly armored heroes if you can hit. Mm-hmm. Or just another follower. Yep, that too. All right, our last uh, model that's in the starter set is the Explorer. Dora. Yeah, Dora the Explorer, except for she's a dwarf and a man. <laughs> yep, got awkward. Anyway, uh, she's... Uh, she... <laughs> oh my gosh. The Explorer here is going to be Speed 5, Mar D6, uh, Ice Axe, D6. He has no ranged abilities. Uh, defense 4. Armor value 2. 1 life point. D6 discipline. So this guy is clearly not one of the heavy armored people like the Quarreler might be. He's more one of the uh, kind of secret special op type people. Uh, that's kind of, I, I'm just generally dividing the Kazark into the, those two groups. He's got diehard like everybody else. He's got Infiltrate, so he gets a free move at the beginning of the game. And I think where he where he kind of shines is he has a find of a D8. So he's just as good as uh, hero. all of your heroes at finding things. Um, and so Specifically I'll, treasure. <laughs> yeah, treasure. And so a lot of your a lot of scenarios will require you to do find tests to locate this or that or whatever. And so here all you get that package for eight gold, and so he can wander off and start to try to find things or whatever. And uh, he only costs eight gold, while the rest of your force is actually engaging the enemy free band, and he's completing your objectives. One might say he can explore for you. Yes, one might say that. Not this one, <laughs> but one might say that. Uh, he's also I find uh, he's actually kind of decent working in tandem because he's such a people will charge him to kill him or whatever uh because he's really he's actually pretty weak in combat so they might charge to kill him or whatever and so you can counter charge and then you that's when you bring in the uh your field agent and you bait with an explorer and then your field agent comes in and backstabs that guy and murders him so that's i've used him for that it doesn't work all the time <laughs> But and, and but I do use him for that. So, 
And they can't fight the explorer unless they're bandits or demons or undead. They can't fight the explorer um, if the uh, field agent's there. So, uh, well, we each picked one other model that we wanted to talk about with the uh, Kazark. So, Juice, what what was your model? Uh, I was going to talk about the. Um, I think it was a wave blocker, wasn't it? Oh, wait, no, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't the wave blocker. We'll talk about the wave blocker as a bonus because she's my, she's probably my favorite model for the Kazari. Follower, yep. Uh, But the uh, Grenadier is who I was going to talk about. So the Grenadier, uh, D10 Mar, Mace D8, which we'll get to that in a minute, uh, Rar D10, and he has a Vranshar, which has a special ability called Indirect Fire. So essentially, this model, if stationary, can conduct a ranged attack against a target it cannot see. Uh, the attack is made at a minus four modifier that is not cumulative with concealment, but is with all other modifiers. Uh, it may not be made into a into or out of a space enclosed by solid terrain. So what this thing looks like, it's a really cool sculpt, actually. He's got this big old cannon, bazooka, brushner, basically artillery, and this guy can just pepper the battlefield from 8, 16, 24 inches. And I think with indirect fire, is it over that or no? It's just No, no, no. That's his range bands. Yep. Yeah. But you just pepper the battlefield and just like cause massive chaos everywhere. Uh, it's a 2-inch AoE. Uh, so AoEs, indirect fire especially with like that one. Um, if you miss your initial target, you get to scatter it. And so you, sometimes... When you roll that d6, uh, you still get lucky, and um, it still hits near or on your target. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also pretty survivable. D4 uh, or four defense, five AP with two life points. He has diehard knowledge d10, which uh, knowledge is you know use it to identify disguised enemies, those kind of things. Devices d8, so he can disarm traps and do some other fun things. But he's just a really solid hero. Um, I don't play Kazark, but if I did, this guy would definitely be an include for me just because I enjoy his, um, well, one, you can, his range, but two, I enjoy his, uh, utility, you know, yep. uh, he, he can do some decent damage in melee. I've seen him take on some apprentice knights and do just fine. You know, I, I um, could not kill, I got into him with, uh, in our one of our campaigns that we were playing, got into him with my leader and could not kill him either because of his AV five or his diehard. I could not kill him. I had three people on him. It's just unlucky. Yeah, I was like, that's just bad luck. But that is bad luck. Anyway, it's also because Kazark or super powered. Uh, Super Saiyans. Yeah, this this guy. You this is the guy that I was talking about. You could put him back there with those three quarrelers. You're all kind of the same range band, and the bard, and just like gun line. Have yeah. So uh, yeah, they can definitely do a gun line pretty decently. So well, I wanted to talk about the Lightbringer. So one, this is a cool sculpt. He's a Kazark, so like a dwarf with a flowing cloak hood up and he's got a two-ended it's called a zeradrak and it's a two-ended sword essentially um looks cooler than a two double-bladed sword but oh man it's awesome uh and so his he looks sweet um 
Juice and I actually got to playtest this guy quite a bit when he was coming out, and we had a blast with it. Uh, so Mar, his speed is 5, everybody's 5. Um, Mar D10, oh, really quick, uh, note with the speed 5, March. A number of the models have the March ability. If they do a maneuver action, they're plus 1 speed. So that counteracts a little bit with the low speed. Sorry, that was, a, that was an aside there. All right, but anyway, this guy, he's Mar D10, so pretty standard for a hero. He's got the uh, Zeradrak uh, for D8 damage, and it's two-ended. So that means that you can either, every combat you have the option to either increase your defense by one or make a second attack at minus two die levels Mar, so D6 for him, but the same D8 damage. So that's cool. I like that. Ver I like the two-ended versatility quite a bit. Uh, no ranged abilities. He's defense five or six if you use two-ended. AV five. Three life points, and he's got a D10 disc. So he's got a parry one. So he's got some mitigation there. Uh, demonology, or sorry, demon lore. He's really good at. Uh, taking out demons, seeing through their disguises. He's actually a demon hunter. Every faction in the game has their version of a demon hunter. Uh, not released yet. Not released yet. Oh, not necessarily like... released yet, but they exist in the lore. Do you... I feel like Grular wouldn't, though. Oh, they might. Just because they, like, <laughs> love this the, guy. Work tracks with down demons. those who don't keep their contracts. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> So demon lore, when you take a knowledge test that involves a demon like the uh, Gadaral that we talked about, the or Witchgate, you're plus two die levels. So those are knowledge tests, right? This guy is a D8 knowledge, but he's plus two die levels to that when dealing with demons. So that's pretty cool. Uh, he's got Die Hard 2 with a D10 endurance. So he's going to be really hard to move. He's got a lot of mitigation with the parry one and the two diehards, but his kind of shining, uh, his shining talent here is warden, which reads: enemies within or moving within four inches of you may not engage other models if it is possible to engage you instead. This talent is not in effect while you are engaged with two or more models. So you can put this guy near somebody that you want to protect, and the first two models that try and go at the other person have to go at the uh, Lightbringer instead of at the uh, Cryomancer, as an example. Or we were playing uh, Prisoner Rescue, and I had somebody carrying the prisoner off the map, and I put the warden behind him, or the uh, the light bringer behind the pri where the prisoner was, between the prisoner and the enemy. So the enemy could not engage my model with the prisoner because I had the light bringer there. And so there's a that that's like one tactic that we use. Now when we were doing that, warden didn't have a limit on it, and in fact warden got the limit because of because of our playtesting with that. Um, but uh. Yeah, that was. It, it's a fantastic. Two of them ability. was sad day with their threat bubble of bajillion and. Yeah, I did. Did I bring two their, of them in that? I think I did. Yeah, you you brought two of them and you had like a essentially what twenty inch or some sixteen inch no bubble. I was like, yeah. I want to charge it. Nope, can't charge it. You know what? Uh, 
Nope. Yeah. I mean, it was only it's only a four inch bubble around them, but it's uh, if you arrange it right, it's it's pretty powerful. And so the Lightbringer, and remember, this is like not like oh, I want to charge them, so it's a straight line here, passes within four inches, but when I would pass in, I can't engage him, so I still... No, it's like, you declare your movement. Oh, your movement is going to pass within four inches. That means you have to redirect onto the uh, Lightbringer. So, he's fantastic. I really like him. If I, I don't actually own one, though. I love the model. I've just never pulled the... Why have I not pulled the trigger on him? I love the model. I feel like a fool. Anyway. Uh, I also wanted to talk real briefly about their other followers. So the Kazark only have three follower options. Um, Quarler, Explorer, and Wayblocker. Can they take a um, Witch Midget, the uh, oh, Mr. Failer Swordsman? No, they can't. Failer Swordsman are, right now, it's uh, Failer, Haradel, or Falcar, Haradel, and uh, Bandits can take it, and then Thorminol will be able to take okay. it when they get released. Just curious. Yeah. Uh, so the the uh, way blocker here. This is my favorite follower. I love her to death. I've watched her um, do stuff that she shouldn't do. She almost took out a hinterguard once, actually in our recent Bright Sword game. So uh, she's speed five, Mar D eight, Warhammer D eight. So she's a D eight D eight as a follower. This is fantastic. It's a little bit like the Bludgeoner that we talked about before, but I think she could take him. So she's a D8 to hit, D8 for damage, no ranged. Defense, 5S. So she's got a shield. And her sculpt is cool. She's got her hammer above her, like, out, and she's holding up her shield. It's absolutely phenomenal. Cool sculpt. So 5S. Uh, AV4. So still really good armor after that. She only has one life point. Typical follower, disc, D6. Die Hard March and Alpine. So nothing special there. Pretty standard for Kazark. Um, but that D8 to hit, D8 for damage, defense 5. Uh, she comes in at 14 gold. Fantastic for the cost. I like to bring two of them in my in my list. I like her more than the Quarreler. Um, and I usually pr play rangeless. But with the Kazark, I go real heavy. And so um, now I'm going to buy two Lightbringers. I need two Lightbringers. Just need them. They have to be in my list now. You can only run one, though. Can I? Is that a faction thing? I thought so. Reading, reading, reading. I don't see that uh, anywhere. Reading. Yeah, I don't know. I need two of them. It seems silly that you could take two of them still. I thought they fixed that. I don't know. I don't think so. So, well, if you have two of them, they're like your two main fighting heroes. So, yeah, I might bring one as my leader. I really like the model. Anyway, so yeah, there you go. That's the uh, that's them. A little like crafting. Stoneclaw Savage is essentially a mounted version of the Lightbringer. Uh, that's not a great way. He doesn't have Warden. He has Fearsome instead of Warden and Bull Rush. But otherwise, he's mounted version of the Lightbringer. Pretty pretty close there. So he's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, he gets a bite attack as well. So that's the bear cavalry guy. Um, so a lot of people like the bear cav. Uh, he's really good. Uh, he comes in at 46 gold, though. He's pretty hefty. I don't run him. I like 
the hinter guard. So I would run like a hinter guard, two lightbringers, leader, caster. I have another follow, another hero, don't I? I'm gonna throw another hinter guard in there. I really like the hinter guard too. So I'm running what I think is cool. The I think the main thing here is I'm not gonna. I don't think we're going to go real deep into tactics with them. Juice, if you have some thoughts, I'd love to love to hear them. But the main thing I want to point out here is um, with the Kazarik, they are very easy to play and very easy to master. They're very simple as far as their play style is concerned. Pretty straightforward. Now, if you use stuff like the... Um, like the uh, field agent and operative you're going to get into some weirder stuff and they're going to be a little bit harder yeah. to play cuz even the light bringer is a little bit positioning, you know, you yeah. to be a little bit strategic. Yep. So they're they're going to be a little bit harder to play if you choose that kind of the spec ops side of things. Uh but in general, especially the starter set, um I feel like the start the this starter set's one of the best starter sets out there, very easy to play, very new player friendly so anybody asks me hey i kind of want to get into this like what faction do you recommend i recommend kazarik or haradel uh because they have heavy armor and they're very straightforward in their play styles so you don't need to worry like if you run something like the uh the grular that we talked about or the bandits man positioning's really important uh and they're not a very forgiving faction but Kazark, insanely forgiving. You got mitigation with the diehard. You have mitigation just through straight up armor six. <clears throat> High defenses generally. Yeah, you're really slow, so that's that's a little challenging, but but you're really really solid. That yeah, I mean, so there. if you're looking for a good attrition army, these are definitely one of your best bets. Um, they don't, like you said, they're not exactly the fastest dudes on the block, but uh, one thing it's fun to combo with their caster is you could put down icy terrain. We didn't really cover that, but uh, they can walk right over it. So uh, I have seen it before where a guy, there was a river terrain feature, and uh, he was normally a river would be really hard to get across for them. Guess what he did? Turned that little river terrain feature where he needed to walk across into icy terrain and just ran right across it. Yep. No big deal. Um, so they, they can manipulate the battlefield to get what they want. And then typically you're going to run into mountains, you know, on various boards. I mean, it's going to happen, so they can do that as well. Uh, so, yeah, if you're looking for attrition, I think they're great uh, for that play style. Uh, with most of their, you know, they're like Ford Warden, those kind of things, doing D10 damages um, and D8s. I think that uh, they definitely can even fight other attrition armies pretty well. Um they uh they're very forgiving like jeff said i've seen them you know somebody will send a forge warden in there and it'll just tank for forever and you got like three models on it and you're just like why you know um but i um i i think you know they're definitely new player friendly attrition and if you really want to you can build them a little bit different uh they have a few access to a few allies and uh, you could build them in more of like a you know, field agent, finessable, a little bit faster um, mobility army uh, with some shooting, and uh, it would work okay. You know, yep. still because they still have that survivability. Bring in um, the uh, the gorgeous uh, truth seeker model, and she is a faction model for the Kazarik. So, yeah, 
Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much all I, I have to say on their play style. Um, what about they, you, Jeff? You have anything else yeah, to touch they on? They do here? out attrition other attrition armies because of the diehard. They're generally they're pretty similar to like Herodel as far as high armor and defense, medium medium to high defense. But where they uh, where they uh, where they really suffer is their speed, and so objective grab games and things like that uh they can they can suffer uh because they're so slow and so especially if you're running an objective running game that's kind of what i'm talking about they're they might suffer a bit at the same time though i've seen them do well because uh you just get your forge warden up there or a hinter guard yeah if it's a if it's a hold an objective game yeah definitely i mean even with treasure tokens you can like you can uh, get some big guy up there that, or like a Lightbringer, for instance, you know, like okay, you can't engage my guy with this token here. Sorry. Yep. Yep. So they're they're okay. Um, they're they're a pretty good faction. Again, I think they're very easy to use. I think uh, I like the finesse factions a lot more, and do pretty well against Kazarik with those factions. Um, because I can do, I have a little bit more maneuverability with them, but that's because also aren't really my play style. I don't really like the attrition army play style. Uh, juice likes it a lot. And so, yeah, that's, that's, uh, the Kazark for you. Well, uh, I think next time, uh, we'll probably just do, we might pick another faction and do that. Uh, unless you guys want to hear something else, if you have a specific faction you want to hear about, you can message either of us on the Discord. I'm GM Jeff, and Juice is Ghost Biscuits. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have time for this on the I'll on the Phalon Discord or on the MMG Discord. Uh, we are uh, I'm GM Jeff, and I think you're Borum on yep. the yep. MMG Discord. So. And you can also check out our Facebook page or even comment on one of these shared podcasts. Uh, We appreciate you giving a listen, and we really look forward as we release more content for Freeblades here in the next couple weeks. Uh, We're going to continue to do that alongside Curse. So, um, you know, keep a lookout. If uh, listening to RPGs isn't your thing, we're still going to be delivering some awesome content in the realm of Mm -hmm. Freeblades. And uh, uh, we'll probably... Yep. And um, then... um, uh, during that too, though, we're going to have curse ups. So, uh, you know, even if you've thought about giving RPG games a try or never have time to play yourself or any of those things, like give it a listen. And I think you'll really enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. And then the other, the other thing I'll throw out is, uh, we will, we might take a break after new year's from doing the faction highlights and look a little bit more at a different game. Uh, if all goes as planned, my my you know scheming uh i might have uh a bunch of bushido models that i'm going to want to get painted up and playing with and so we might do a little bit with bushido uh shortly after the new year but our goal is to get through all of the freeblades factions so there you go all right thanks for listening guys i hope you have a great day and keep gaming